0: With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace
1: is a
2: place with the helpful hardware, folks.
1: At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. to the Roto-Wire DFS podcast for Thursday, August 25th. We are less than a week away from September call-ups and the stretch run, and, and that'll get interesting, too, with, with FanDuel and DFS. A lot of new faces, potentially, to get some values. But we are still in August, and as a result, we are going to break this down for you. I'm your host, James Seltzer, and of course, with me, as always, my man, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Paul Bruner. You can follow him on Twitter at Statsman22. What's up, Paul?
2: Well, you read that just like I wrote it. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> well, I got the five bucks in the mail. You know, I said, that's cool. and <laughs> um, no, I'm pumped to talk to Paul. It's, uh, we got a good slate of games here today. A nice 11-game uh, slate. Only two early games, uh, and then the rest of the main slate. So... Um, if you're playing an all day slate, it's a little risky because you're not going to know what those lineups are later. But if you are, make sure to check those early lineups. Uh, Paul, let me run through the games here and then we'll just dive right in. Uh, the day starts at 110 in Minnesota. Detroit in town, Daniel Norris taking on Jose Berrios, a couple of former top prospects there doing battle. 110 start as well in Tampa as Drew Pomerantz and the Red Sox in town taking on. Jake Otorizzi has pitched pretty well of late. And then then we move on to the main slate. So, again, the the early slate, just those two games. So um, it it might be rough to do the all-day slate. I'd personally recommend waiting for that main slate so you can know who's going to actually be in your lineup and not waste money. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of the main slate, we start out 7.05 in Washington as Ubaldo Jimenez and the Baltimore Orioles in town to take on those Nats. And Max Scherzer on the hill. Then we head up to Paul's Neck of the Woods in Toronto at 7.07 at the Rogers Center as Jared Weaver and those angels had a town to take on the... the Dazzling J.A. Happ. I certainly didn't see that coming a few years ago when he was a Phillies farmhand. Uh, 7-10 start in Miami as Kansas City in town. Eddie Volquez taking on Tom Kohler there. Then we move on to 7-15 in St. Louis. Adam Wainwright takes the hill for the Cardinals. Taking on Seth Lugo, who I don't know a ton about. I think Paul might tell me a little bit about Seth there. And then we uh, move on to an 8 5 start in Texas Uh, as the Cleveland Indians in town taking on the Rangers' potential playoff preview here. Josh Tomlin taking on Cole Hamill's also in the uh, Cy Young race in the AL as well. We move to Chicago. as Seattle in town is lefty James Paxson making his first start off a, a short stint on the disabled list, taking on the righty Anthony Renato. And then we move on to an 810 in Milwaukee. Chad Cool and those Pirates heading into town. Cool or Cool? I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to go Cool because it sounds cool. <laughs> taking on the Brewers <laughs> and Willie. Uh, two more left on the slate. 940 start in Arizona as Atlanta and Matt Whistler taking on Robbie Ray and the, the D-backs. Ray coming off that 13 strikeout performances look good of late. And then we round out the evening at 10-10 in Los Angeles as the Dodgers really looking to sweep this series here with the Giants. Uh, uh, 10-10 start Matt Moore taking on Ross Stripling there. So a lot of not just fantasy impact there, but real baseball impact as we uh, – we get close to this playoff stretch run, Paul. Let's, let's jump to the 110 game, which has one team that is at least potentially vying for the playoffs in Detroit, Daniel Norris on the hill, taking on Jose Berrios and those twins. Berrios has been a big disappointment in the sense that he was one of those prospects, high-end prospects, who was expected to be ready to go, um, and he's been awful. So uh, how do you kind of view this game? And, and Norris, another kid who's got a lot of talent but still young and, and inconsistent.
2: Well, that Barry O.C.R.A. tells the story all by itself at 9.28. Yeah, he's got a 2-3-1 so and three, well, one loss, so those two wins must have been backed by a hell of a lot of offense, <laughs> I think, looking back <laughs> at the log. Daniel Norris, though, I know a fair bit about him, a former Blue Jay prospect, $6,400 today, an interesting price tag given these. Go- he's going up against the Twins backed by that Tigers offense. I think that's a neat, really good price. Uh, the Tigers lefty's been moderately effective in uh, three starts since rejoining the rotation. Maybe that explains how the price is a little low, James. Today, but you look at the fact he's allowed only five earned runs in his last 15 and third innings. I'm concerned with the fact that he only has eight strikeouts in that stretch, though. Uh, albeit against tough lineups, his walk rate's a little bit higher too. Today should be a much easier assignment, and uh, that price is pretty attractive, I got to say. Berrios, too is returned to the rotation in August, although with much less success, as we noted with the numbers there. Tried 26 hits and six walks against 12 strikeouts in only 17 innings. That's uh. a lot of a lot of runners on base. Oh, not, God. Not striking bubble. out enough guys to negate them. But uh, I'll, I'll look at, you know, if you want to pay up for a Minnesota guy, the only guy that you've got to consider is Brian Dozier. This guy's standing tall in the middle of the Twins rubble with three homers and five ribbies in the past week. clan two stolen bases. Don't forget about the stolen base. They reward you handsomely in fan duel play. He'll cost you $4,100. bucks. i would rather lean on some Tiger bats in this one, even though you'll pay up for the likes of Ian Kinsler and J.D. Martinez. And keep an eye on Justin Upton. This guy has four straight two-hit games, priced at only 3300 bucks. The bargain here may be for Minnesota. Again, uh, Trevor Plouffe, four multi-hit games in his last eight starts, only for $2,700.
1: Paul, oh, that was a lot of really good knowledge in there, and I, I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said. I, I love the idea of getting some of those Detroit bats in against Barrios. Honestly, I don't even really care who it is. That's how that's how bad Barrios has been. You know, whatever values you can find. Uh, uh, Vic, Victor Martinez has obviously been hot. Uh, Stephen Moya day to day, but when playing is, is usually a nice value there. but um, also like the Miguel Sano potential uh, against the lefty and Daniel Norris. And, uh, and as you mentioned, Dozier is is terrific against left-handed pitchers. So I, I think this is certainly a game for the, for the hitters and, and I, I could see taking Norris in a in a tournament or something. but again, with only this two day you know two game early slate, if you're playing that early slate, I think you have to go with uh, one of these next two pitchers. So let's let's segue there to the other 110 stars where uh, Boston taking on Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. And you got Drew Pomeranz taking on Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi was one of those guys who I didn't even realize how good he's been. Uh, and then I was looking at his numbers and I was like, wow, oh, not bad. And then, uh, you <laughs> know, Pomeranz kind of the reverse where was just outstanding in, in San Diego and has struggled since coming to the AL How do you view this game? Do you like these pitchers, or is it kind of a spot where you might be able to take advantage?
2: Well, I I feel better about Pomerantz on the road. I think this guy's going to be a laser show in in, uh, Fenway when he pitches at home, and he has been already. Uh, I have to admit, surprise, though, when I looked at his uh, game log, he's had four pretty effective outings in a row since uh, the early blowups in the Red Sox uniform. He's limited all comers to only six earned runs over his last 24 innings pitched in August which is much better than that rough July start. And he's backed by that great offense. We can't say enough about the Boston offense, I don't think, James, even though you'll pay up for some of the likes of Bogarts and Betts. They have good numbers against uh, Odorizzi. But uh, he poses Odorizzi poses a dilemma for me because you imply and implied, and I'll back it up, seven straight dominant starts yeah. by this guy. Call me off
1: guard, Paul. Call me off guard. Yeah. I didn't realize how good he'd been
2: only 8 earned runs in 44 innings that's a heck of a low era james and and uh, you know that, that makes me uh, pause and think is 9000 9, bucks uh, on pomerance or olarici at 8600 bucks they're both very interesting plays and you can go either way here uh in terms of the bats though i i think uh, i like pedroya a lot here at 3200 bucks he because he's on a roll and at the epicenter of this explosive lineup and i think underpriced today and on the other side one of my old favorites in DFS is Evan Longoria. He's fast approaching career highs for power numbers and has four homers in his last eight games. Only 3300 bucks today.
1: Yeah, who knew Evan Longoria would finally get good again? He's one of those guys that yeah. you know, I've owned a couple times in season long over the last few years which has been a great argument to play dfs owning that guy uh but then this year you know i'd finally given up on him and he comes back and, and he's not that old or anything but he's been terrific and you love him against a left-handed pitcher especially he just dominates left-handed pitchers same with logan Forsyth at, at three thousand four hundred. it seems a little high but when you look at the rest of the board at second base it's actually a pretty reasonable price and uh He's got like a 388 OBA, a Woba against left-handed pitching, I believe, and just has been very, very consistent. Um, I really agree with you on the, the way he broke down the pitching, though, in the sense that I'm kind of uh, leaning towards Rizi. If I were to, to spend on one of these guys, I think I'd rather take the $400 discount with Odorizzi, Uh for the, for the reasons you said. He's just been better lately. Uh, obviously, it's a good pitcher's park. I could see this being a... Um, Less uh, run, you know, potent scoring type of game than, than maybe you might expect with the Red Sox involved. Um, if I were going to go with the Red Sox bat, I just don't understand how San- – I know he's much better against left-handed pitching, but Sandy Leon just keeps getting priced in that 27, 28, yeah. 20 and, and he never goes up. He's got a 437 wob on the season. I, I just – I don't get it. He keeps hitting, and, is, and the algorithm, for some reason, just isn't inflating that price. So it's one of those things where, where how good he's been, I think that's a – play any day as long as that price is so cheap. But on the whole, I agree. I think I'm kind of more on the Tampa side between Odorizzi and some of those righty bats against the lefty Pomerantz. All right, Paul, let's jump into that main slate where we're going to see the bulk of this action and the bulk of FanDuel play today as we start out at 7.05 in Washington as we discussed yesterday, the battle for the Potomac or the Mid-Atlantic or whatever you want to call it, uh, or the battle for, uh, for cable TV rights, you could call it as well, <laughs> as uh, Ubaldo Jimenez taking on Max Scherzer. Uh, clear advantage for the Nats in this one, obviously, with Scherzer on the hill, but how are you kind of attacking this game in general?
2: Well, you know, has look at the numbers 5 and 10, 694 ERA. Obviously, he's having a rough year, but after some downtime, he returned to uh, make an effective five inning appearance his last time out against a bad Twins club on uh, July 28th. He gets a much more difficult test today against the Nats, and uh, that makes me nervous because I think he could get crushed here again. Uh, some of the bats that he'll be facing that I'm on are including Ben Revere only twenty four hundred bucks he's four and twelve against the murphy four thousand bucks he's three and eleven zimmerman three thousand bucks five for seventeen those are pretty good crooked numbers in small sample sizes against the guy who's struggling scherzer on the other hand looks like a lock in this matchup as you implied but i i see a few orioles bats that have done well against him these teams played a lot uh, over the years in interleague play because they're natural rivals and so that accounts for some larger sample sizes including Chris Davis for 3,500 bucks. He's eight for 21. Jones at 3,300 bucks is 11 for 22. Weeder's at 2,400 bucks. This is a bargain. That's uh, for seven. Uh, is seven for 23 against the Nats ace. So the veteran righty has the numbers on the season, but there are some crooked numbers that the Orioles have against him. So I'm not saying he's the lock that you do, and I think I'm going to stay away from him today. And, and also noting the fact that he's been rocked in his last two starts for eight earned runs, covering only 10 and a third innings pitched. Yeah, no, you
1: misunderstood. I just meant there was a big pitching advantage for the Nationals. I actually 100% agree with you. As the most expensive pitcher on the board today, I'm going nowhere near Max Scherzer. At 10,900, that Baltimore offense, as we've seen, just keeps piling up runs. I think it's a bad matchup for Scherzer. As you said, they're a little bit more familiar with him than an interleague team normally would be. Um, I, I don't like that spot at all. I totally agree. I love getting those Washington bats in, though, against Ubaldo. See, it's one of those spots where I'm not going to roll out Scherzer for the price, but I also don't think I'm going to take that risk on any of those Oriole bats, except maybe if I want to kind of get some low ownership on, on some solid guys in a GPP, because likely people are not going up against Scherzer if they don't have to. So, um, But I love the, the bats you mentioned, uh, whether it be – I mean, Daniel Murphy, I know he's 4,000, but – he should be the most expensive second baseman on the board. Yeah, all that guy does is just keep rocking it and and killing right-handed pitching. So. I just think there's a lot of upside on that national side of the ball, and, and much less so on Baltimore than a normal day. All right, let's, uh, let's head to your squad here. at 7.07, start in Toronto at Rogers Center. Uh, real quick, before we jump on, why do they call it Rogers Center and not the Rogers Center? Like, why, instead of saying at the Rogers Center, they always say at Rogers Center? I
2: don't even call it I, that. I call it the Skydome.
1: Ah, I love guy. it. You go old I, school. You know, it Ted is the Rogers. Sky Dome. It'll always be the Sky Ted Dome. Ted right?
2: Rogers was the uh, owner of the Jays for a long time, and, and now the, the, the club's still owned by the Rogers family. So it's a nod to them, obviously, and it's just... They they go with it... Uh, it's just a unique moniker, I guess, to take yeah, up the... it's a weird the, uh,
1: grammatical thing that they don't... Yeah, put the, it's like yeah. uh, Tottenham Spurs. You know, you're supposed to say Spurs and not The Spurs when they're talking yeah, about that. like Stuff like that. Whatever. I had to ask. You're, you know... You're my you're my Toronto expert. You're my Well, Canada let's call expert the SkyDome.
2: Right let's go old school. Okay. Beautiful. Old All
1: right, Jared Weaver coming into the SkyDome with the Angels to take on JA Happ who has been outstanding this season, Cy Young candidate JA Happ. Words I never thought I'd say. Paul, uh, how do you see this matchup in the SkyDome playing out?
2: Well, th- first of all, to the Philly organization, I have to say a big thank you. Yeah, but also that. a nod to the other, <laughs> the other Pennsylvania team that had an impact. This guy turned his life around, it seems, yeah. in Pittsburgh with with some tweaking to his uh, his uh, just his uh, operation of uh, pitching with with uh, few you know quit pitching with a few few seconds between each toss you know you speed up speeding up his delivery and that accounts for a lot of his success I think it's changed the way he operates in general and and so this looks to break down this game, this looks like a tale of pitchers headed in opposite directions. Weaver's been roughed up for 17 earned runs and 21 innings pitched over his last four starts. He's surrendered an astonishing 37 hits while striking only s- out only six in that span. I look for the Jays' lesser lights to step up here, uh, offering some discounted value uh, when you look at the matchups. Saunders, for instance, 3400 bucks. Mm-hmm. He's nine for 26. Smoke for 3000 bucks, he's 10 for 34 and Upton who's been on fire of late, 3400 bucks, he's 6 for 19, all of them faring very well against Weaver and I expect all of them to be in the lineup today. I'm in on half big time uh, in this matchup even though a small sample size shows a few Angels have done very well against him, but they last saw him before he did the tweaking to his uh, manners that I described earlier and uh, they'll see a different pitcher on the mound today than the guy that they faced the last time they met uh, last a couple of years ago in fact he's been a quality start machine as you implied that 17 wins is not a fluke he, even though he had a misstep against the yankees last time out he still got the w getting uh, giving up four earned runs in seven and a third innings pitch and he still got the win as i said and he'll do so again today uh, the only concern that i have is that albert tools is lighting things up lately he's a 3400 price tag another guy for uh, the Angels that I like is Calhoun. He's worth a play at 3000 bucks, But I can't f- go through this without mentioning the white-hot Russell Martin, still priced at 3400 bucks, and Tulo at 3200 uh, There's a lot of Jays bats that I love in this matchup.
1: Yeah, great point. Uh, also, just the, the quick mention, I love that of Ray Searidge out in Pittsburgh. We've seen that guy do, you know, special things with a lot of these, you know, reclamation projects at Pitcher. Um, it's always one of those things where you see a guy go to Pittsburgh, and you're like, eh. All right, maybe he's got a chance, like a Juan Nicasio. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like that worked out, but um, Jay Hap certainly seems like Searidge turned it around. And like you said, that that little switch of just making him work faster has really been a a big difference for him. So I like that call. I like Hap uh, against this porous uh, LA offense. However, uh, just in terms of value, I think I'd rather go, you know, the twelve hundred cheaper with Odorizzi. Um but a much better matchup, and, and I'm probably not playing Odorizzi because I'm not doing that early slate. So um, I, I think Happ is one of the better pitching values on the day, and, and he still stays under five figures. It's, it's crazy. You see all these ace-type guys always get into the ten, eleven thousand range. Yeah. And, he never does. and I don't get it because uh, he's been better than all of them. So it's, uh, it's really surprising. All right, Paul, let's uh, move on as we head away from Toronto and, and go much further down south as we head down to Miami Is Kansas City and Town Edinson Volquez taking on Tommy Kohler. Um, not necessarily the most exciting offenses, but I'm guessing you've got to get some bats in against these two.
2: No question, Volquez has been smacked around in his last five starts, giving up at least four runs each time out. Forty-one hits and eight walks in only 27 and a third innings will do that to you. And the other side, Kohler looks like a solid play. Just by comparison, he's riding the wave of six straight quality starts, James. I was surprised to see that, allowing only seven earned runs in 39 innings pitched. A 40-7 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio is also pretty solid. In, in terms of the bats, I like Eric Hosmer here a lot at 3100 bucks because he's carrying a hot stick into this game with a 10-for-30 streak in his last eight outings. Lorenzo Kane is cheap despite a current hot streak. At 3,300 bucks, he had a nine-game hit streak snapped last night, but this guy's one of those professional hitters that gives it to you every time out and is worth a look at this price tag. For the Marlins, I'm on Marcelo Zuna for 3,300 bucks. He was blank yesterday, but he's been hot in the past week, and Martin Prado is a 319 batting average on the season, and only priced at 3,000. dollars I think that's a steal.
1: Yeah, Prado, another one of those guys who never seems to get priced higher than, you know, a certain number, even though he keeps hitting. Um, granted, it's it's more of a cash game play just because he doesn't hit a lot of home runs or sealed bases, but... Uh, That consistency is really valuable, especially at that position. Love the Hosmer call. He's one of my favorite plays of the day. Uh, Has been hitting right-handed, pitching very well, 349 Woba. Uh, Kohler worse against lefties, and as you mentioned, um, he's been hot. So I think uh, Hosmer's a nice, like, low-floor, high-ceiling kind of play today. Uh, and I also really like Alex Gordon on the Royals as well. as It seems like he's finally getting things on track. Uh, 389 WOBA, 276 ISO in August. So after a, a atrocious uh, first four months of the season uh, with some injuries mixed in. Uh, Gordon seems to be finally finding his swing and, and his hit right in and pitching well over the course of his career. At 2,800, that feels like a, a really nice value for me. All right, let's uh, head on to the seven fifteen start in St. Louis. I like to say St. Louis instead of St. Louis sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, it just adds a little flair. As the New York Mets are in town, Seth Lugo taking on Adam Wainwright. Wainwright obviously has been uh, better in the second half of the season than the first. Seth Lugo... Uh, not a ton known about Seth Ligo. What do you think of this? Is Lugo the kind of kid you can take advantage of?
2: Well, he's he started out getting a, little, a few uh, cameo appearances in relief, but they're gave him they going to give him a second straight uh, start after a decent first outing. He went seven and a third innings last time out, giving up three earned runs, striking out only three. Not a lot in terms of a book on this guy uh, of, of late, and I think he's going up against a pretty tough lineup in St. Louis. I'm not inspired, and I, I think... The FanDuel isn't either pricing this guy at fifty-five hundred bucks. Wainwright, though, an old pro, he's uh, he's got the high ERA on the season, four seventy-one, priced at eighty-four hundred in this one. I, I can see that uh, being not not a play that I want to touch because there's a few uh, Mets bats that have done very well against him. I'll get to them in a sec. Wainwright at uh, himself last time out after two dreadful starts preceding that too. That that certainly inflated his ERA on the year. He continues to be an inning eater though. I, I'm a little nervous about his home run rate and his WHIP and his hits per nine innings. All. Above, well above career norms. So that's another reason why I'm staying away from him. But listen to some of these bats uh, on the Mets side. Bruce uh, for 3,600 bucks. This guy's nursing a calf injury, but should be good to go today. He's 12 for 41. Tra- uh, Loney 2,400 bucks. Unbelievable. 16 for 31 against against Wainwright. Walker for thirty-three hundred bucks is eleven for thirty-four. Those are all a lot of crooked numbers against Wainwright. The one about Loney really screams out at me to, as a as a super play of the day, uh, in my opinion. And uh, for the Cards, I look at a couple of bats. Jed Jerko for twenty-eight hundred bucks, a bargain. This guy's got three homers and seven RBIs in the past week. You'll pay up a little bit for Moss. On the other hand, $3,600, bucks, 3 homers, and eight RBIs in the past week. So there's a lot of bats to choose from in this one, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I love the Loney call. That's a, a great, great play. I'm not a huge batter versus pitcher guy, but when you've got 31, you know, at bats and, and more plate appearance than that, and you're getting hits almost half the time, that tells me something. I, I you know, I know that there are a lot of staff people who think you need larger sample sizes. I look at that as this guy's got a read on this pitcher and, and he can hit him, you know, and he sees the ball well coming out of his hand. So I, I love. Love that loaning call. All right, Paul, before we move on to the rest of the evening games here, let me remind everyone that fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means that FanDuel is back, and this year is better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel. It's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe that you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which could make you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play a beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for just one dollar. There's 50-50 contests where the top half win cash, or you could settle a score with friends and fanDuel's brand new friends mode. It's season long fantasy football with weekly teams. Plus, there are new features to ensure a fair and level playing field. personally, the the friend uh, uh, mode is amazing. I've done it with my buddies from college and, and high school. We all put money in each week, and and then you get to brag when you beat him every week. It's really a blast. And and it's exciting too with the whole weekly thing. You don't have to deal with injuries, especially in football, where you could take any guy in the first round and he could break his leg the first week or tear his ACL. It can be really, really frustrating in a season-long football league with injuries and whatnot. You don't have to deal with any of that here. So, you know, that that's what makes it great. So you can have all the fun that football has to offer, all the fun that fantasy has to offer. At FanDuel, you can be sports rich. Special offer for new users get a free six-month rotowire subscription with only a ten dollar deposit on fanduel go to fanduel.com slash rw not only we get the free subscription but you'll actually get to spend the ten dollars available on fanduel so you're getting the subscription and the free ten dollars it's and you get to use the ten dollars so that's over 40 (laughs) dollars in value for just ten bucks go to fanduel.com slash rw all right paul let us jump back into the schedule here as we move on to the 8 p.m. and beyond starts. 8.05 in Texas. Josh Tomlin on the Elfin Indians taking on Cole Hamels, another potential Cy Young winner in the AL. How are you attacking this team? Hamill's one of those guys who's been really, really good, uh, but also is not someone, you know, you're, you're not Clayton Kershaw, so to speak. So I think there
2: are some holes there. How are you kind of going about this one? Well, this should be a fun one as two deep offenses go head-to-head behind a one-sided pitching matchup, in my opinion. Tomlin, for his part, has allowed 23 earned runs over his last 20 innings pitched based on 33 hits and four walks against only 14 strikeouts. Beltre for 3400 bucks, is four for 10 against him. Andres for 2900 is three for eight. I think both of them are worth the play here, not just because of the head-to-head sample size. Like both hitters in this particular matchup, Hamels, for his part, has seven straight quality starts in a, in a row heading into this tilt. Forty-two hits and 14 walks have been largely offset by 50 strikeouts in 48 and 2 innings. I stand up but take notice when the K rate's better than one per inning for a guy who's been bringing the goods like he has, and uh, he's insulated also by that Rangers offense. So all in all, anytime Hamels is up there. I might consider paying up. He's at the top end of the spectrum with 10,000 10, price tags, so that might scare some people away, but uh, it's not frightening when you look at the whole ball of wax in this matchup. Kipnis, on the other hand, for in the Indians, I'll give you a couple of Cleveland bats to think about. Is $3,500. He's been one of the hottest second basemen over this the past month in the entire major leagues. He has a, a good history against handles three for six with three all three hits being doubles. Lonnie Chisenhall is 2900 bucks, maybe the bargain uh, of both lineups today at 2,900 bucks. He's got four multi-hit games in his last seven starts. I'm a big believer in what have you done lately, and uh, this guy certainly qualifies based on that.
1: Yeah, baseball's a game of streaks. It's a game, you know, I I, I'm, I totally believe in hot streaks and stuff like that. I know a lot of stat guys don't. Um, I do. I, I think that, you know, these are people and they're seeing the ball well and, and whatever it is. Um, so I'm with you, and speaking of hot streaks, Jose Ramirez is. is Been swinging a hot bat for a while now, 359 batting average in those last 30 games, 420 Woba, 239 ISO, uh, and his bat in the middle of that lineup particularly dangerous against lefties, 311 batting average, 362 Woba. So uh, for 3200, I think he's a really nice play against Cole Hamels there, batting from the right side. Hamels, again, has been good, but still 317 Woba to righties, so not infallible as it were there. Um, I I think that's a nice play as well, but but for the most part, agree with what you said across the board. I personally, with Camels at 10,000 against this lineup, I'm avoiding it. We just mentioned J.A. Happ. I would much, much rather have J.A. Happ. In my lineup, than Cole Hamels, which is not something I would have thought to say when they were both pitching in Philadelphia a while back, Paul. (laughs) All right, let's move on. 8-10 start in Chi-Town as Seattle's in town. James Paxton making his first start off the DL. The lefty taking on the righty, the hittable righty, Anthony Renato. Uh, How are you viewing this game? I'm assuming some bats against Renato, but uh, how do you you feel about Paxton coming off the DL?
2: Well, I'm a little nervous. They're saying it was a minor elbow issue, and uh, normally – if it was a serious one he'd be done for the year so uh, a red flag around this guy I think despite the fact that he he headed into that uh, DL t- break on a streak of four effective starts where he only allowed five earned runs over 28 and a third innings with a 27 to 3 strikeout to walk ratio if he comes back as that player he's worth a play but there's no guarantee with his arm being uh, questionable in my opinion even though he gets a weak White Sox offense tonight Ronaldo for his, his part he's a spot starter who get, takes the place of Staff Ace uh, Chris Sale, who's been pushed back a little bit? I lean heavily on Paxton in this one. If you had to pick one of the over the other, uh, look at some of the bats. Uh, Nelson Cruz, one of my DFS favorites, priced high at four thousand uh, dollars. He's been uh, he's been getting that power stroke in order in the past month, and that ta- makes me stand up and take notice. I like the price tag on White Sox power bats in this one too, as Fraser and Abreu were both at thirty-four hundred bucks, representing good value today, in my opinion too
1: yeah i agree i i personally though i love paxton today i generally lean towards your general philosophy of of kind of worrying when guys are coming off the dl especially anytime elbow minor elbow is not a thing for me you know it's like i don't know if there is such a thing as a minor elbow for a pitcher um but he's been so good lately and and at that price at 7300 I mean, he's got a 25.5% K rate in his last four starts, 2.8% walk rate. That's really good. You know, uh, a 159 ERA, 0.74 whip o- over the last month. So um, I- I'm a little nervous about the injury, but at such a low price point, I think I'm willing to take the risk because both the strikeout upside uh, and-, and just the general upside against a-, a not you know devastating White Sox offense is pretty high. Otherwise, I agree on the other side of the ball. I'm- I'm taking some bats against Renato. Be careful, though. Kyle Seeger, uh, normally the type of guy you'd get in against a righty here, is day-to-day, did not play yesterday. So keep an eye out for the lineups because you don't want to waste some money there. But if Seeger in the lineup... Uh, that's a nice uh, a matchup as well at 3,600. All right, Paul, let's head out to Milwaukee. Another 8 10 start. Is, as I mentioned before, I'm going Chad Kuehl. I don't know whether it's cool or cool, but Chad Kuehl on the hill for, <laughs> for Pittsburgh. Chad Kuehl taking on Wiley E. Peralta for Milwaukee. What do you think about this one? This seems like a game for the Bats, Paul.
2: Yeah, it does to me, too. But Cool uh, has five quality starts out of his seven total starts this season, not allowing any free passes in four of those appearances as well. So I like the fact that he's been a pretty good control guy most of the time. I could get behind a guy like that uh, who, with the support of one of the more dynamic offenses in the major leagues. Uh, in terms of bats against him today, I look for Chris Carter, a notoriously streaky power bat who has three homers in his last six games for 3500 bucks here. And another Brewers bat that I like is Hernan Perez on a six-game hit streak and a power surge in his last ten games, you get all of that for only three thousand bucks on the other side you got Peralta coming into this game on the heels of the best three game streak of his season, and that belies those season totals. His biggest problem is that he doesn 't strike out enough batters to offset a very high hit per nine, hits per nine innings rate. He's had success against the trio that forms the heart of the Pirates Order, and that gives me pause because he's limited McCutcheon to a three for 15, Mercer to a one for 15, and Marte to only two for 11. So that's pretty good control of the guys that really run the offense most nights for Pittsburgh. In terms of bats, I like Grigori Polanco. He's the Bucco's hot stick right now. You're paying up for him for 3800 bucks. You get a guy who's got five multi-hit games in his last nine starts, including his last three straight. And I keep an eye on Francisco Cervelli. That's a, that's a great name. One of the better names oh, in the major yeah. leagues. <laughs> He's also one of the most productive catchers in the game, though. Underrated today at 2700 bucks, despite a productive last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, see, you got to go Francisco Cervelli, like that, you know, like the whole... (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of saying Julius Chassin. I think that's a a fun one. I like to have fun with names. If you can't have fun with names, what can you have fun with, right, Paul? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I agree. I I, I actually literally agree with everything you said analysis-wise. Peralta has been better lately. Uh, I I wouldn't have the uh, cojones, as it were, to throw him in at 5,900, but... I mean, if you want to take a long shot in a tournament, him at 5,900 is is insanely cheap and and not the worst play you could ever play. So, you know, I, I don't hate it, but I'm with you. I, I love Gregory Polanco. I love some of those Milwaukee bats. So, um, all right, moving on. We got two left on the slate here. We move on to that 9:40 start in Arizona. Matt Whistler and those Braves in town taking on a uh, Robbie Ray, the lefty for the Diamondbacks, coming off a third strikeout performance. Uh, A, is that the Robbie Ray you're expecting to see tonight? And uh, B, how do you gauge the game otherwise?
2: Well, I like his chances against uh, a weak Braves lineup, but uh, not completely sold, and I'll get into why in a sec. For the Braves, though, Whistler gets back into the rotation today, a first assignment since July 28th. In the five starts that preceded that, he was awful, giving up 26 earned runs (laughs) and 38 hits, in and uh, against only twenty nine twenty one strikeouts in a very small number of innings i i makes me nervous nine home runs in that stretch means you like line up D backs power bats here so i'm on the back side of this equation big time conversely ray looks like a good play today heading in Heading into this date on a three-game roll where he allowed only two earned runs over his last 19 innings pitch, a 22-3 to strikeout to walk rate, which was improved dramatically by the outing you you talked about, makes him a little more attractive today. His 11.2 strikeouts per nine innings means that he could run up a really nice total of FanDuel points here. Uh, I like that side of it. And uh, in terms of the bats, though, Matt Kemp is one guy who's had Ray's number, if you believe if you believe in a 5-for-11 sample, campus had a really nice month and a half. Uh, that sample, by the way, includes two home runs. So you could consider, consider paying up also to get Freddie Freeman at 3800 bucks in this matchup as well. He's waving a hot stick. Uh, in terms of uh, the uh, other players, like Cervelli, Castillo is often underrated as uh, one of the... Catchers in in the majors who produces despite a very low price tag uh, that seems to be religiously around $3, yeah. three a three thousand dollar market. three Every it's like three thousand or
1: twenty nine hundred every single yeah. day. it's crazy. And,
2: and I mean, this guy's got hits in nine of his last ten starts. But I look at the fact that five of those games were multi hit outings as well. And then a guy who uh, every time I see this guy play, Michael Bourne impresses me. And right now he's on another productive streak, hitting streak. Uh, with nine safe uh, safeties in his last 11 games, including five multi-hit effort, efforts over that span, and he's only worth 2900 bucks today. So you look at the fact that these guys are getting the multi-hit efforts and the price tag is low. How can you not be attracted to that, in my totally opinion?
1: Totally agree. And, uh, Ray, uh, look, at 8800 uh, you know, that's too high for me for you know, coming off one really good start. And he's been solid, as you said, but not necessarily lights out. But I- I'm sure... Uh, now that I said that, he's going to throw a complete game, you know, 15 <laughs> Shut out shutout. Um, but I don't hate Robbie Ray, but, but I, I think that's a little high. I don't think there's a ton of value there. Uh, the guy you mentioned, who I just want to expound and and mention again is Matt Kemp. Uh, love, love, love Kemp today. 3.27 batting average, 4.06 Woba, 3.08 ISO against left-handed pitching this year. That's really all I needed to hear, (laughs) you know. Robbie Ray has given up a 3.36. Well, but righties, the game is in Arizona. This is a uh, Matt Kemp stone cold start at 3,300. So I love that play. All right, Paul, let's round out the slate here as we head to LA for a a big matchup. The Giants need this game in the worst way. Matt Moore on they'll take it on. Raw striplings. So you figure the Giants have the pitching advantage. How are you analyzing this otherwise, Paul?
2: Well, this uh, key series ends tonight with a less than p- stellar pitching matchup. When you look at <laughs> what we've seen in the first two games, Matt Moore has had control issues since joining the Giants, giving up 12 earned runs in only 17. 17- And 17 hits and 17 walks over only 23 innings, excuse me, while striking out 22 batters. I like the strikeout rate there, but there's a lot of crooked numbers that more than offset it. Stripling, for his part, has been much more effective in his last seven appearances, pitching to a 1.01 whip with a 20 and 5 strikeout to walk rate over his last 28 and 23rd innings pitched. Uh, Denard Span, in terms of the hitters, is on a roll, hitting 12 for 27 is last week, with two homers and four RBIs. Only 2,700 bucks today. That's the best bat on that side of the equation for the for the Dodgers. Uh, I like Adrian Gonzalez, one of the hottest hitters in the majors. I was on him yesterday, and I stay on him today. Again, I got to switch back over to the Giants. I missed uh, a couple of guys here. Buster Posey, still priced at 3100 bucks. Looks like a steal, and he's still um, uh, maybe the signature guy when you think about hitting catchers in major leagues. Definitely. Four, four multi hit games in his last uh, seven starts. I don't get the price tag here at all. And another veteran who, uh, Giant, who looks like a play today is Hunter Pants a bargain at 2,800 bucks while pointing to his four multi-hit games in his last six starts. And all that hair on his face makes it makes him unwatchable <laughs> to me otherwise, but, uh, the guy can hit and he's doing it right now.
1: Yeah. It's another former Philly, uh, in here is where we're going <laughs> to theme there. Uh, but no, no, I, I totally agree with the way you're now analyzing this game. Um, I, there aren't a lot of Dodgers, especially with a lefty on the hill who I'm super excited about. Howie Kendrick at 2700 is seems like a decent value. Been hitting well lately, but not exciting. I, I'm more on the Giants side as well, like Brendan Crawford at 2700 Just the lefty-righty matchup, 184 ISO against righties, and, and he's cheap. Strip, stripling, I, I've not been impressed with. I know he's been okay at times, but I, I think he's... Pretty hittable, uh, which leads me to the other guy I like a lot is Denard Span at 2,700. Um, seems to have found his groove lately. He's got a 371 OBA, excuse me, a 370 WOBA, and a 191 ISO. In August, Span has really seemed to be getting it going lately, and obviously a little speed potential there. I like that matchup against Stripling. Paul, that's going to round it out for the day. Uh, As always, a blast. Uh, You can follow Paul Bruno on Twitter at Statsman22. Paul, what do you got going on uh, uh, coming up? Uh, Any, uh, you know, yachting adventures or or (laughs) pro sports awesome things that you're doing? It seems like uh, it's been a good time to be Paul Bruno lately.
2: Now, I didn't even tell you about this, but right after this, I got a race out to uh, a football practice featuring the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, at their new field. I haven't seen it yet, but I was invited today by the ownership of the squad. Yeah, I'm not well connected in this league. I got to say, I've been very lucky in southern Ontario. I got close proximity, obviously, to two teams in in a nine-team league in Toronto and Hamilton. And today I'm going out to visit the Tiger Cats, their ownership their front office and a couple of their Hall of Fame legends are going to be coming with me. So it should be a great day and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Which confirms my theory that it's always a great day to be Paul Bruno. That'll do it for this episode of the MLB RotoWire DFS podcast. Paul and I will be back with you next week. Paul will be back with you tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that again. This has been uh, the RotoWire DFS podcast for Thursday, August 25th. Good luck. Go out. Win some money.